0: Karate Cafe is sponsored in part by thedojomanager.com. It's like the five-finger death touch for managing your dojo. Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts... Paul Wilson and Dan Williams.
1: Hello, hello again, everybody. It's Paul here with another episode of Café Off My Center Line. As always, my good friend Dan Williams. Dan, how are you? Good. I'm doing really well. Fantastic. Uh, that's good to hear. Because, and I can tell because yes. uh, our topic, I could sense your key uh, oh. over, over the internet.
2: Well, I'm glad you didn't sense it too hard, but otherwise it would have hurt.
1: Exactly. Because I, you know, that's more all the topic today. Is going to be about uh, the the key force, uh, dojo, hypnotics, and no-touch-knockout nonsense. Um, But first, I think we're going to talk about just a little bit. Um, So last weekend, uh, we had had our annual camp down here in in Texas. Uh, We brought our grandmaster and his son, Kaicho, uh, Fusikise and Isao Kise over uh, to our neck of the woods for our annual camp.
2: It's so cute that you go to camp and wear your pajamas.
1: I know, right? It's it's, it's like a big (laughs) sleepover. And it is. And we all, you know, we all lay out our our mats. At one point, I think we actually said that we were. It was. Uh, it was actually at a, a school, and they have a small room off to the side. Yeah. And uh, they, I guess, they have a karate program of some kind. And uh, anyway, so uh, some of us went in there to to practice uh, bow, and and the, and the the floor was really kind of comfy, and it kind of reminded us a little bit because it was very brightly colored and whatnot. It kind of reminded us of like a, a kindergarten room, and so. A couple of us commented like, Oh, it must be nap time. You know, yeah, it's all right. They just sent us to this other little room and we're going to lay down and take some naps. And then, you know, um, but, uh, anyway, no, it was, That's it was awesome. there, there were, I think, you know, like 150 people there, probably more. Whoa. We had, uh, somebody come from the Philippines. We had people come from Trinidad. Uh, wow. we had, uh, people come from the, from Puerto Rico, which is still America, apparently. But, um, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they got, they got credit. Uh, Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a good, uh, a really good time. Uh, Grandmaster and Kaicho were in good spirits. Uh, and it just did, you know, it was good just meeting friends, you know, some of these people I've known for decades, you know, and, then, yeah. uh, you know, some people, uh, I've known not as long, but it was kind of, this was, this year was kind of a, a year of, you know, some personal sort of bests for me. Um, because you know, I'm kind of the bull Yondan. I'm like the senior Yondan. And so, you know, I, this year I was just kind of like, you know, I'm going to let people know who I am. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, so, yeah, but but people did. It was I was pretty impressed. That, I mean, there were a lot of people that came up and said hi. There are some people who are listening to the show, and you no know, kidding, some people that are, you know, I guess maybe just over the course of years and, and me moving up and whatnot. They, oh, that's that mm-hmm. guy. I, I see him regularly. Right. So, uh So yeah, I had a lot of people come up and want to say hi to me and and you know and, and chit chat. That was pretty cool.
2: That is uh, very cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's we've we got a pretty large federation now. You know, it's it's probably bigger than it's ever been, and it's just kind of cool to be at a position where you know I'm pretty close to the front. I get to see everything, I get to hear everything, and you know, people are uh, digging the show and, and saying hi, and you know, yeah. I, so
2: how like how many people came up to you that were listeners of the show? Uh, I th-
1: probably like three or four. I mean, there, there's not a, a ton of people that from our federation that I know of. That listen, I only know there were a couple people that I didn't know. That there were uh, like three or four that had just started listening, like maybe in the last six months, maybe a year, and I okay. already kind of knew who they were. So, uh, okay, I, then, right. The, the, but that was pretty slick, you know. The, and and then I actually had uh, one of my uh, compatriots up there on the Yondon roll, uh, and she said, actually, she goes, "Yeah, I need to start listening to that show." And then she just messaged me, uh, I, I guess yesterday. And she'd listened to like two in the same day <laughs> and she said, What are some of the good, you know, good shows oh. that I should listen to? And I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm I'm gonna be binge binge listened to, you know. Uh
2: Yeah, you're like, they're all good. What are you talking about?
1: Exactly. Well that's what she said. She said, Don't tell me they're all good. I'm like, But but they are. Um anyway, so uh but that that was kinda cool. Uh and the other cool thing was I finally, for the first time in I don't know however long I've been going to these camps, you know, 20 some odd years or whatever i have been going to these camps, I got to count for the group, like the, the group, uh, for the, the whole group. Yeah. For like the group. Well, for the group of black belts, they'd split us off to, you know, okay, Q ranks and Don ranks. And so we were doing black belt stuff, double secret, very mysterious. Can't tell you much about it. Yeah, But well, I, um, uh, I was working with my good friend, Mike Van from, from uh, Louisiana and he had been counting and he said like, you count. I'm like, Oh my gosh, can I do this? Because, I mean, yeah. you know, our space is like, you know, 13 by 15 or whatever. It's not that big. And, yeah. you know, I got five students. So I'm I'm counting in a huge basketball space for, you know, 50 or 60 people, you know, whatever it was. And uh, I, I had to try and keep them all going, right, because were, there were multiple moves. So anyway, but I counted it out, and I asked my student that was in the back later, and he said, oh, yeah, I could totally hear you. You know, he says, when I heard your voice, I was
2: like, oh, there's my sensei. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, it's- good. That's always fun to have like a, you know, I don't know, experience like that with a bunch of other people that have the same passion that you do. And um, I don't know, that's, uh, that's, that's always a good time. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and you know what, it's, it's important to encourage any listeners that, you know, haven't done something like that. Haven't gone to a camp or, a, or a big tournament um, or something like that, that really that's, that's a really important part of, in my opinion, the, the martial arts experience. We talk about the things beyond just self-defense. And one of those things, in my opinion, is community. And that is, those kinds of experiences are, are a big part of experiencing the martial arts community that you belong to. I always enjoyed, um, we would go to the the big tournament in Ohio every year and, uh, you know, I would I, I competed every time, and I you know I didn't win a whole lot. I, I got some second and third places, and a couple of firsts. But um, just the experience—you get to stay in the hotel with everybody and hang out with your peeps, you know—and it's just it's just really fun.
1: Yeah, yeah well, that, that that's kind of one of the things that that I push to my students is you know because like when I moved from Dallas to, to Austin, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was a chance that you know the dojo that I had built was going to drift away. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to get across to my guys is like, you know, I'm not the system. I'm just sharing right. the system with you. It's mm-hmm. a huge thing. I mean, there are people all over the world that do this and, you know, and, right. and, and trying to get that sense of, you know, what's going on. So this was the first year my senior student actually has not been to an, an annual camp uh, in, in, uh, the, in the three years or whatever that he's been training with me. So this year he finally came. And he was, he, oh, he cool. was, he was blown away. He was like, this is awesome. Right. And, um, right. you know, we had some of the seventh dons from, from various and sundry places come wow. by, you know, who actually we had the barbecue on, on Saturday night. And I actually saw, um, one of our, uh, seventh dons from Minnesota is a guy who I really, uh, respect. I saw him walk over and, and you know, tap Hector, my student on the shoulder. And, and I heard him say, you know, Hey, good job. You know, you did really well today because they, ah. whatever they were working on. I was like, Oh, wow. And, cool. you know, uh, one of the other instructors was talking to, um, my guys and they said like, you know, you're getting a really solid foundation from Paul, you know, you guys are doing really well. And I'm like, nice. yeah, it's, it's a validation for me as an instructor Yes. because that's kind yes. of what I think it is as an instructor is it's not, you know, like how big your school is or, you know, it's, it's your students, you know, yeah. how does a student, like, how well are you, are you, you know, passing
2: the system on and, you know, how well, and you know, you're in, you're in such a vacuum in your own school with your students. I mean, really, if, if you didn't encourage your students to do stuff like that, um, there's, there's really no way to check to see if you're doing a good job or not. I mean, obviously, one of the primary things is to make sure that your students are, you know, enjoying their lessons and, having a good time in class and whatnot, but also to to carry forward the system. And so, like you said, it's a nice validation to, to know that other others of your peers feel like your students are performing well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and then, of course, yeah, you know, the, the hanging out, and the social aspect and whatnot was uh, super awesome. Uh, yeah, and, and, and brushing up, that's a, a pretty good segue into our topic, but real quick, so uh, just a reminder, everybody... Uh, my, my, my grand tour is coming up pretty soon
0: Yeah, and,
1: and we have actually changed, we, we were going, we were going due east now and then we were going to go west for a little bit. Now we're going to go north. So, uh, I'm not quite sure where we're going to end up. Uh, right now we're looking at Minnesota for a little bit back in Wisconsin and then maybe around to Michigan and then back into Canada. So, uh, if you're in any of those places, um, let me know and then yeah. maybe we can, we can swing by. Um, yeah. But Yeah, but operating in a, in, a, in a vacuum dovetails nicely with our topic. Uh, yes. I it think, does actually. Uh, I of,
2: didn't make that connection until now.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's why we're such an, uh, a wonderful team. Uh that's right. of of key force, you know, dojo hypnosis
2: and no touch knockouts because it's all kind of wrapped up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and what, you know, I think that most I don't know if if you're a martial artist and you you cruise around YouTube at all, you've seen the George Dillman No Touch Knockout guys, as well as, um, let's see, the, the three most famous that I know are the the George Dillman No Touch Knockout, the, um, oh, what is it, the, the Yellow Tiger or the Yellow something or other Kung Fu guys. Uh, yellow um, Bamboo, I think. Yellow Bamboo, that's it. Yellow Bamboo guys. Um, and all of these will come straight up on a YouTube search if you look for them. And uh, the third one is it's really kind of a sad demonstration. Um, this guy, I think he's an Aikido master. Um, he challenged an MMA fighter uh, to a fight. And this guy is probably, I don't know, he's, he's got to be in his sixties or something. The MMA guy looks like he's easily in his twenties. Um, and he just, he, he got his clock cleaned. And luckily the, the, mma guy i think he was he was being merciful and you know essentially the the aikido guy got punched in the face pretty hard and and the fight kind of stopped after that um but the big demo before that was his students would run up to him and he would just sweep his arm not even touching them and they'd do these backflips and and stuff like that and you know i think i think for me there's there's potentially a a topic of conversation on those particular things. And, um, you know, uh, anybody can, can look those up and judge for yourself whether you think they're silly or not. But I think too, especially as, as I was watching the one with the, uh, the older Aikido master. And when I, I saw his students doing their thing and they were, they were reacting to his arm sweeps and things like that, they weren't taking it. Um, to them, that was very real and their reactions were very real. And I think that it was, it was almost a hypnosis on their part, you know, where this guy over years and years and years of, of training, um, they they just they just got it in their heads, and their brains were wired up that this is how they reacted when he made a certain movement, and I don't you know I don't know if they could have helped themselves really
1: <laughs> yeah' so it's like, it's like you know Pavlovian kung fu or something yeah you know it's uh, th- this happens you know we joke in the dojo a lot about being attacked correctly, you know like mm-hmm. someone does a technique and then like oh you know, and thought, oh we it, but someone else threw a you know, left punch instead of a right punch, and they go like, "Oh, yep. we, you, you know, you attacked me incorrectly. You got to make sure you attack me correctly." And you know, we joke about it and stuff like that. But you know, it is—it's you know, a conditioned response. And you know, yeah. if your technique uh, can't adapt, if you can't adapt, you know, and you can't adapt your technique to, you know, dance with the one that brought you, it's—it th- that's a bad precedent. And so, like these guys. It, it's kind of crazy. It's actually kind of funny because this just showed up on Facebook the other day. But it was like some dude. Oh, did it? Some dude who you know he was saying like, oh, you can channel your chi by using a certain word. It was almost like you know, uh out of Dune, you know, the <laughs> right. way. You know, the, <laughs> the word the word has a thought. The thought has energy. You know, and and yes. so. You you know, but your your name is a killing word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and my first name is Paul. Remember that. So <laughs> oh, oh wow. If I, if, I if, if you know, anywho, exactly. Exactly. The uh, uh but the, so the whole thing was like you know, oh, I can't do this technique now, but if I say this the special word, it you know does something to them, and then I can do the technique. You know, and. It, A lot of these guys – I'm just going to get this out of the way because I know everyone's thinking it pretty much. A lot of these guys have a certain body type, it seems. (laughs) Um, So it's like, well, yeah, you probably couldn't lift your leg to kick somebody.
2: You know, you better hope your chin won't work. But, uh, you know – But, you you know, the thing that that really kind of stood out for me was that – there's, there's certain people, uh, and I don't know. Obviously, I don't know George Dillman f- at all. I've, I've never met, met the guy. I, the only thing I know about George Dillman is from that video. He feels like someone to me that potentially knows that, that it's bullshit, but he's teaching it anyway because that's what he's famous for. Um, at the same time, there are other people like, like I. Obviously, this older guy who challenged the MMA fighter to a fight, he didn't. He's a believer, um, and and he truly believed. I think he was just as stunned as everybody else that it that it didn't work. That he couldn't just sweep his arm and have this guy flip over onto his back. Because I think there's a there's kind of a self perpetuating system in any class, especially one that's insular, is that you have you have a situation where, um, again, it's, it's like this over the course of 20 or 30 years thing where when I do this, they react this way. And my movements are going to become more subtle and their reactions are going to become more dramatic. And over the course of 20 years, I actually learn, hey, y- you know, I-, I, don't, I don't need much of a movement at all. In fact, to knock these guys on their asses I don't even need to touch them. This is magic. I am magical. <laughs> right. And then uh, they, they start to
1: become believers, you yeah, know? Yeah. They believe their own press, and then the students, yeah. you know, they see, like, well, well, look, that guy's falling down. I mean, I, one of the things that, that, that I notice on some of those videos is is someone is like running towards whoever it is. Yes. And not really trying to punch or kick or anything, they're just running towards it. And so the guy puts his hand out, and I'm sure that, yeah, the condition response is, well, like, I'm not going to run into the hand, I'm going to bend back. Well, then that disrupts your balance right and then you know they do the thing and they fall but we've seen go ahead but i've seen like videos of of guys there's some dude who's like in the netherlands or something or Sweden, Uh and it's the same thing he's like you know pushing the guy and like "Uh," and you know and and they'll fall over and then they were at some seminar and he was doing a demonstration and there was some guy who was saying like well can you just stop a punch like if and he like walked (laughs) up to a a bag and just like hit the bag he goes so if i do that can you stop that and, and, and the guy was like, you know, started weaving smoke and mirrors and anyway, and somehow right. he, he got out of it, but it was like, no, let have somebody just run up to you and like, just have somebody walk up, stand still and punch you. Can you stop that? Right. And you know, there's a whole, you know, well, if they didn't attack me correctly, you know, but the students have all bought into it and we've seen videos of guys that, you know, they'll be doing throws and they'll, they'll throw some their student and the students like pounding the ground, like you know, 20 times in a row, like it's yes. like this intense amount of pain and they flip them over another way and they do the same thing. I'm like, you know, there, there's a little showmanship, but that, you know, well, right. it starts, yeah, it's it's probably, it's kind of insular and it becomes a thing, you know, everyone has a thing and that becomes a thing and, you know, yeah. the, the class follows And, and so
2: we, and and that's one of the things I thought about is that I wonder, I wonder how much of that kind of, those I think are very extreme examples of, I, I believe what probably happens in most classes all the time. Um, I think that there's, there's very much this, uh, you know, it's built in th- this respect of your instructor and this respect of the master and things like that. And I know that, if, if, for example, um, my instructor wanted to demonstrate a technique on me in front of the class, then the technique works every time. By <laughs> <laughs> God, better. What's that? By so God, it better. Yes. The, the, and, and because I know we're there for demonstration purposes, and he's just demonstrating to the class this particular technique, and this is certainly not the place to challenge it. Um, and so does that then form the habit of letting your instructor kind of throw you around whenever they're doing a technique on you? Um, and if that's the case, does that form bad habits in your reactions to the other students? Um, and I don't know what, it just, it kind of made me think about what, unconscious habits do we get into on a regular basis in class that we don't even realize that we're doing?
1: Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. I mean, there's, yeah, in my class, there, when I demonstrate something, I, I try and work the room a little bit, you know, but mm-hmm. I know there's there's some, some times where I go like, you know, like my senior student, Hector, is like my go-to guy, He's, gonna, yes. he's, he's a little bit shorter than me or whatever, but his technique is good and he, he's going to throw a good punch or whatnot. So right. if, I, if, if I want, you know, like the correct attack for, you know, whatever this technique or the If
2: you're trying to do a good and accurate yeah. demonstration. Yeah.
1: I know, I, I know like I can pick him or I can, you know, there's a couple guys I can pick, but like there's right. some of my younger guys, like I've got one dude, he's, he's almost my height. Uh, he's 13 or 14 or whatever, but mm. he's so like loosey goosey. So like if you do a technique on him, He like folds like, you know, origami. (laughs) So, so, so one of the things is like you can't, like, if you're doing a technique with a follow-up technique or something like that. Like when you hit him, he just he just (laughs) collapses. So, (laughs) but like if you're trying to like if you're trying to demonstrate like okay, if you have someone has a lot of reach, well, he's got like the longest arms. Like he and I have like the longest arms. So I'll pick him if I'm trying to do something like okay, if someone has a really good reach, you need this guy. And then if I'm trying to do something that's but like I've got you know one of my students is he's shorter than me he's stocky he's, he's got really big strong arms and shorter arms right mm-hmm. so i mean there are techniques that like when i want to demonstrate something like a wrist lock or something like that sometimes it works sometimes you know it's like it, right. if, it if it works i get a really good response because his arm is so i don't have to do as much work but sometimes i got do a lot more work because of his body structure <laughs> so you right. know it's, it's like you got to kind of pick your your like target as uh and when i do my seminars i try and you know move around because I don't want people to go, oh, okay, well you know he's just picking his students right because it works for you, but that's, it's
2: not not gonna work for me
0: right
1: so and that was the you know yeah. like the guy in that one video and i've I've heard before like at doman seminars where they said like you know he picks true believers, he doesn't pick somebody right just just at random right because that's
2: that's the only way it's gonna work,
1: yeah, because you don't know that you know if it doesn't work on this guy, then he has to like oh your your toe is in the fourth house, and it didn't work, you know whatever <laughs> so <laughs> You know, when, when something doesn't work for me, it's generally a really good reason. Like I don't, I, I, I can't apply that technique, but more right. often than not, it's a body thing, you know? Yeah. And, and the more you go off into sort of the, you know, the ether of martial arts, right? Of, mm-hmm. You know, no touch knockouts and pressure points and all that other stuff, you know, that's where it kind of, you know, the, the argument is, is like, well, it becomes, you know, kind of a, it's the dough, it's the art, you know, it almost becomes a religion. That, yes. that people have to buy into a little bit to make it work yes. because it's not going to work every time, everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've said it before, I said, if your entire technique hinges on where their pinky toe is, <laughs> the thing that you cannot <laughs> control in almost any way, in almost <laughs> yeah. any way then, then you probably want to like, you know, kind of omit that. Yes. <laughs> you know.
2: Well, and you know, thinking of, of, of how it might apply to, to any classroom Um, you know, I think the demonstration, you're right. The, the demonstrating a technique is, is a little bit different in that you're really just trying to demonstrate a basic set of mechanics for other people to follow along with. And, and your, um, your uki, or whatever you would call it, does have to kind of follow along so that you can demonstrate that technique. Again, that sort of brings them into the habit of always following along. But, you know, I think there's other things like, um, if, if, if there's a, uh, a woman in class, do, do you as a martial artist, and I'm talking to the audience, um, have a tendency to go a little bit lighter, you know, you don't throw your technique as hard or as fast. And is, have you just developed that habit? Because, you know, Maybe you're used to doing that or, or whatever, but I think it's important to kind of like execute consciously (laughs) for lack of a better term. So when you're in class and you're executing your technique or you're going through your kata or whatever, um, you you don't want to just, you don't want to phone it in. You know, you want to, you want to think about what you're doing and you want to be focused on what you're doing and, and realize that If, if you do just phone it in, then you're going to follow that same established pattern that you've started with. And if you, if you start down a road of, I don't know, um, you know, like we talked about, I I think it was last podcast or a couple ago where, you know, you punch to the right, you punch off to the right or you punch off to the left so you don't actually hit the person in the face. Um, which is great for training because you don't want to hit people in the face all the time. But, are you building that bad, are you building that poor habit unconsciously? And at least if you, if you think about the fact and you realize the fact that you're doing something wrong, then at least, you know, you're doing it and, and you can make adjustments elsewhere. Uh, but if these are habits and patterns that you don't even know you're doing, um, just because, Oh, this is the way I've always done it. And this is the way I always do things. Then, you know, you know, you can you can end up being uh, a yellow bamboo student (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and and, yeah those guys have been really quiet for a lot of years um well you know it it comes back to you know who's responsible for your training yeah and and yeah that's a really good point ultimately it's you i mean so that's right when, when when i demonstrate what i'm demonstrating it's because you know I say, okay you know this is the technique and these are the parts of it right yep and this is, you know, kind of where it can go. But okay, go go forth and, and do the thing. But then it's mm-hmm. then up to the students to, you know, to train it. So yeah. you know, like, like if I, you know, clearly if I see somebody who just, yeah, they're kind of phoning it in, I'm like, you know, punch them. Right. You know, put something behind it. And and, I, and I've told them many times, it's like, wait, hey, you guys talked with each other, all right, you know, just like you're talking about, like say, okay, come at, you know, a five for yeah you know, a couple all right now come whatever okay now do that right now now counter or see, see where or you can experiment
2: counter. with it. yeah experiment with it counter or or uh come in with a step first and let's see what happens when when we do that or you know experiment with it play with it um because that builds those i guess that that builds a follower habit more than anything else
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's at the end of the day, I mean, like if you're at a seminar or something like that, sometimes you don't have the time to do that necessarily, right. but no. I mean, th- then in that case, it should be like when we were at the, the, the Ian Abernathy seminar, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Adrian and my, my buddy here in Austin, we were we were training and doing something like we would just kind of get into a flow and then we're off to the next thing. So, yeah. like, you know, by about an hour or so into it, we realized that we've got to kind of like, the first one was, you know, a three... And then maybe the next one was a five, mm-hmm. and then you know we do a seven because we're only to get maybe three shots at it, you know. Uh, right. And then and then, and then it's off
2: to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So
1: you know, it's it, it, at that point as martial artists, especially you know black belt level and a uh, martial artist, you should be able to kind of like judge that and go like, okay, I'm not going to get very deep into this, but I need to rem- yeah. I need to remember the key parts of it, you know. And, and you start pulling those out, and then you apply them. You know? Well,
2: you know, it's funny. That makes me think of something. Uh, what you we were talking about earlier about the seminars and, and and getting out of your own school and and getting out into the rest of the world. I think, especially for instructors, um, one of the components there is that, you know, at at your school, for example. Um, Well, I think it's different at your school, but I think in a lot of schools, the instructor doesn't really have someone that will challenge them and doesn't really have, even might not have a student that they could could pull to the side and say, hey, you know, I was thinking about this particular technique and I was thinking about teaching it next class. But I don't want. I want. I want you to practice this with me and challenge me on it, and not just like give me the technique so that I can demonstrate it to the other the other right. students. I need to be challenged on this technique because, you know, potentially I've been hypnotized by my instructor that this particular <laughs> technique is going to be working in a certain way, or, or self hypnotized.
1: That I mean, I do that all the time. Like right when I'm, when I'm at home, you know, or, or like during the day. Uh, you know, something will pop in my mind and I'll do this technique and I'll fight my, my air ninja, you know, uh-huh. and then I'll go in class. You'd be like, oh, that works awesome. Yeah. And I'll go in class and like, let's do this. And it just, it, you know, it comes apart, comes apart like a, a when, when I'm working my seminars and we're doing the workup for that, I mean, I'm doing that constantly because I'm thinking about, right. thinking about the application. And then I'll go in class and I'll try and do it. And I, and I have my students because, you know, a couple of them have black belts and other systems and stuff. And I'm, okay. I'm like, okay, just, you know, like, did that make sense? You know, we, we had a discussion last night over a bow, bo kata. There's, um, uh, we did it, you know, this is a, it was our first class back from, from camp. And so mm-hmm. that's another thing. So, cause like they went to camp and they saw somebody do a move and they said, like, is that move in the kata? And I was yes. like, well, I don't know. I didn't see it. I wasn't there. Show me what you think it was. And so they did a, they did a deal. And, uh, so that started a, a, a little five minute tangent of, but that doesn't make sense with the next move and i was like well i mean it could so we kind of we kind of went down that rabbit hole a little bit but you know my point to them was right
2: like, but you had you had the intellectual conversation and you had the ability to to analyze and and challenge the whole thing as and that's awesome that that your student was able to come back to you and say you know this didn't really connect for me um because i think there are, there are too many students that go uh, okay i'm i'm just going to i'm going to repeat what they did and it, it's supposed to work so i must be doing something wrong right. well i, I told uh,
1: them before we walked in there you know uh, and before i said like the guys in the red red belts are in charge <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and whatever they say is go i said the guys in the red and white belts are really kind of, you know, in America in charge. So just whatever right. I said, I said, but if someone who is a black belt comes to you and says like, no, no, do it like this, just say, okay, move on. Right you know, Don't, don't say, well, we do it this way. And a couple people, you know, in the course of the weekend, they said, they ran into a couple people who were like, well, this is the way we do it in our school. And it's right. like, okay, okay. Well, okay. Right. You know, yeah. just okay. okay. And move on. Yeah. Because that's just the, well, that's the way they do it. And I said, you know, we do like, we do our basics slightly differently than the federation as a whole does okay you know so and it, it, it's, it's kind of a minor thing but i just almost said okay just remember I, when we get we start doing our basics we do it like this everyone else doesn't like this we do it like <laughs> this for the reason and one of our uh well, one of our um, Kyoshi, one of our seventh you know at the in the camp he basically he had a big speech with everybody he said like you know some people do it like this some people do it like that that's the way you do it in your dojo but here we do it like this you know, and keep that in your mind. And so, right. so so there was like, you know, kind of there was the buy in on both ends is like how you do it in your dojo is how you do it in your dojo. But this is how we do it at camp because this is how it's really, you know, supposed to be done. Keep both in your yeah. mind and figure out which one is going on and, d- and don't get wrapped up in it, don't you know? And it, it, oh, they're high. They don't know what they're talking about. You know? Right. It's because then, well, then that then that creates the
2: isolationism of they don't know what they're talking about. We're doing it the right way. Right. And, and, you know what? Well, that is a really good point. And that is, um, it's the whole, you're right or, or I'm right. And, and that means that you're wrong. Um, and when, when you have that, I'm right and you're wrong or I'm right and everybody else is wrong. Um, then you're not willing to do the investigation outside of what you're being taught and the way you're being taught for that matter. Um, And I think that counts for students and, you know, solo instructors and things like that, because even, even for instructors that have that, that do have, you know, an instructor of their own, uh, uh, oftentimes that instructor is not local. Um, they see him maybe once a month, once every three months even, something like that. And you're not really able – again, you have the benefit of having a couple of, of, of people that have black belts from other systems. But I would imagine without, without those people, um, it would be a lot more difficult to – to experiment with different techniques. Um, and, and I guess by experiment, I, I also mean drudging up, you know, really, really old techniques, uh, that you haven't done in a long time, or you see something cool on a YouTube video and you go, Oh, that looks interesting. I want to try that. Um, but without somebody to, to challenge that technique or say, no, don't let me have it, you know, let, <laughs> you give me some resistance on this thing, um, it, it would be really easy to just be like, "Oh, this works great! <laughs> here, come here, new white belt. Let me try this technique on you. Gee, it worked awesome. Okay, everybody else, let's learn this technique
0: now."
1: All right? It's absolutely. You know, it, as an instructor, you have to be kind of self-critical too. There's, there's yeah. a certain level of confidence, like, well, you know, this is the way we do it, and you know. Right. Don't question don't, me. Don't question me. <laughs> you know, and, but, but, but there's a certain part of like, but, you know, I should be questioning myself, you know, right. but when I see something, yeah. you know, when I, and that's why another reason it's, it's good to, you know, not swim in your own pool, but kind of go test the waters elsewhere is because you'll see yeah. something that'll jog your memory or, or like, yep. Oh yeah, I'm not stressing that. I really should be stressing that, that sort of thing. But, you know, yeah. with, with the dojo hypnosis, you know, it's, it's, it's. I mean, it, it's probably a little bit of ego. You know, you're kind of like, oh, you know, all these yep. people are listening to what I'm saying, and they're all buying it, so everything must well, be great. Well, and
2: you know, I think that that kind of goes back to my point too. Is that, um, I I think you're right. I, I I don't even know if it's a if it's a conscious behavior necessarily, but when you've got twenty people standing in front of you, waiting on your every word punching and kicking based on you yelling um, that (laughs) I can see where that would start to affect your ego after a while and not even, not even consciously. Um, But, you know, you would, you would start to feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty important. Everything I say, these people will do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge, but I would,
1: uh, I would be really interesting interested i I know there's probably no way to figure this out is to find out how much churn goes on in those kind of schools where you know somebody comes in and they they want to study some martial arts they they, they mm-hmm. get on the on the, the youtube and the their google and they you know they click on stuff and then and then probably you know many of these people don't have a- it's probably the first martial art they've ever done you know and, then, right. and they they wander in there and they see this guy like you know and you know people are flying yeah. around and you know whatever and they're like wow that's that's awesome. And then, you know, I, I wonder, you know, how they, they, they tread that path to there's a point where like, okay, well, you know, but like I've I've had my students like, go home, so like, I had one of my students, you know, she's very short. She's like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe five feet, maybe just under five feet. But her husband is like okay. six, six. <laughs> wow. And so she would say, she'd say like, oh yeah, like, yeah, you know. I'd go to go home and, you know, he'd say, well, you know, try your stuff on me and like it right. wouldn't work. And I'd be like, well, you know, I mean, like, well, what did you, what technique did you do kind of thing? And, and so, you know, we, we had a talk about, like, okay, well, you know, there's an opening is like, well, you know, on this technique, you're probably gonna have to punch somebody first, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to do something right to, you know, there's, there's, there's something you need to do before that. This technique exists in a vacuum, but you know, you need to. You know, it's a foundational technique. Anyway, so there's all, the, all that stuff, and you know, I talk to him about it, and, and she moves on. But you know, there's going to be somebody in one of these schools that, you know, when their chi doesn't stop somebody punching them, they got to go like, "This is stupid," and then they leave. Well, and you, you know, know, it's probably and,
2: and, a, it, it's it's probably a, a just like a self-selecting group. I mean, if um if you were if you were teaching. I don't know if if you got a a, a new student every month and every, for whatever reason, weird reason, every student you ever got was five feet tall. Um, then you know eventually you would, even if you taught poor techniques, eventually you would only end up with students that had husbands that were also five feet tall <laughs> because the techniques only worked on them, and so you would you would filter out all of the people that had a low tolerance for for that insular mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually you would just end up with those people that are perfectly happy, you know, not watching the videos and not being challenged. And, And I don't, you know, I don't even know if if often, you know, many of the things that that people get into the the subconscious habits of are perfectly benign you know yeah. um they don't hurt anybody and they're totally not a big deal yeah yeah well that's
1: you know that's what i'm kind of wondering like i, I what i the rest of the curriculum what's what else does i mm-hmm. mean do they just all basically stand around and say okay you walk into that person and they're going to try and project you know i'm going to teach you how to project your your yeah. you know weird well, way from, on them but but yeah like, from then what then i you know see that in Dillman the video guys. you see yeah. that in the video but then like what you don't see is like you know, then they're all like, you know, MMA the rest of the time. They're oh. all just like beating the stink out of one another. So, <laughs> so those guys are like, well, you know, we'll buy into this because we beat the hell out of each other for the rest of the week. Right. I yeah.
2: mean, I do know of, of the Dillman camp, for example. Um, I can't remember what particular style he, he teaches. Um, but, uh, the, the no touch knockout stuff, I guess is <laughs> at a rather advanced level. Gee, I wonder why. Um, But gotta build up that Buddha belly. That's one, right? But I would imagine that a a a black belt coming out of a Dillman school would would be relatively on par with a black belt coming out of any you know any other school because I believe anyway that his his standard curriculum is very similar to. uh, See now, now you got. Yeah, I gotta look it up now. but I believe his, his curriculum is a standard martial art curriculum up to a certain point, which then you start learning the no-touch knockout. Other than yeah, I do yeah. think he, d- he does a lot of pressure point stuff. Yeah, I think you know, that's... But a lot of people do a lot of pressure points. Yeah, stuff, that, you know? that, that, that's
1: a component of it. And, you know, and so you know, like everything is in context, right? So you see the YouTube videos, and it may look silly, but there may be something else to it. But when you see the ones where like, there's a guy standing there going like, can you stop me from punching you? Right, and the guy's like, "Uh, smoke and mirrors." Put on the tap shoes. You're like, "Okay, clearly." Not. I mean, that's that 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 really should not be, you know, the 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 be all end all. And you'll know, arguably maybe you know you shouldn't judge the whole thing on it. But but like you know, some of these people, I, when I see their videos, and like I'll do a little Google sleuthing, and I'll try and go to their site, and like generally, there's like not a lot of information. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. usually not a lot of information about them or who they learn from. There's, there's usually, you know. well,
2: and you know, it's weird. So I, I just looked it up real quick. It's, he teaches a, a style of Kempo. and, um, you know, I guess maybe because the other stuff overshadows it so much, but, um, I've, I've never seen a, a Dillman school video. That's not pressure point and no touch knockout. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sure that he teaches, you know, punch, kick, block, uh, probably at least 70% of what everybody else teaches.
1: Yeah, um, yeah maybe. I don't know. But it's just, it, you know, yeah, that's, that's the thing. So that's the press. and That's what you want people to go. And, and, and I, you know, every dojo needs, you know, true believers. Every dojo needs people to drink the Kool-Aid at some level. You know? Right. I think that probably maybe that's a little too much Kool-Aid.
2: That's a little. That's a little too much. Well, and the big problem I have with that kind of stuff is that, um, you know, and we've talked about this quite a bit before. Is there's, there's, there's lies that that are that don't hurt anybody at all, and nobody cares about. Um, and then there's lies that could potentially hurt people, uh, because if if you're teaching someone that you know you can touch them at a certain point in their forehead and they'll collapse on the ground. Um, and then they get into a, a life or death conflict and they try that technique and it, for, you know, whatever reason, toes being crossed or whatever, um, they don't collapse to the ground and they end up getting, you know, stuck with a knife in their belly. Um, then what you're teaching them is actually dangerous and, and in my opinion, irresponsible. No, absolutely. Um, so that I think is that that I think is the line between those two, and again, it goes back to the Dillman thing where i I really don't know the schools and I don't know what he teaches, but I would imagine that he's to some degree teaching responsible martial arts up to a point, and then he gets on the Pressure point, no touch, knockout thing. So, at least by the time people get there, they have a relatively good foundation in 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 real martial arts, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, we're just going to study the no touch, knockout stuff." Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's I me. Mean, it, it'd be interesting to see the curriculum of all these other schools that that do. Yeah. You know, like we had a guy, we knew a guy once that, in a school and he said he could he could teach um, his students to catch bullets and and we were like, okay, well, yeah, they can catch bullets like center right. mass, you know, shoulder, arm, whatever, you know. But we we said like, well, how do you work up to that? I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it shoot start with a BB gun, and then you do arrows, and then finally, you know, and there was like the whole thing it was like, mm, I think you're drinking a little too much of your Kool Aid, dude. You know, yeah, there's, you know, I, so, I mean, I
2: can I can catch a bullet so yeah. if you toss it at me really slowly,
1: right? <laughs> you know, I and mean, it, it depends on the load because some stuff penetrates and you know. <laughs> the shrugs and some just, you know, goes through and through anyway. But yeah, so I, it's, it's important to have some Kool-Aid drinking, but yeah, I, there is a, there's always a danger of, you know, uh, dojo hypnosis, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of non- nonsense. And, so. and,
2: you know, it, it, it's, it's really funny. Cause like I say, I didn't even, I, I don't think I even realized it until we were halfway through the conversation. Like the, the real key to, to not Having this happen in your school as an instructor or as a student is expose yourself to other people, expose yourself to other martial arts and other schools. And I mean, I, I would think even exposing yourself to another student of your style um, at a different school. To compare notes and say, "Hey, how do you do this? And how do you do that?" My instructor, boy, when he touches me here, I just fall to the ground. Well, really, try touching me there. Nope, doesn't work at all. Huh? Yeah, and and, (laughs) and always have a a, a healthy
1: dose of self-criticism. I mean, you know, uh, both instructors and students, and you
2: know, and and, and, and work your system. Yep, I think that's a good place to stop. I think so too. too. Hey, you know what? I meant to mention because I'm having I'm having a ball on the facebooks. Yes, you have been burning um, that up, haven't you? I, I'm I'm posting all kinds. Of, I hope people aren't annoyed by my constant uh, stream of video posting, but um, I am a I, I am thirsty for for crazy martial arts videos all the time, and whether they be crazy funny or crazy good or whatever it is. Like I don't know if you saw that one of the guy doing um, uh, chi sao without a hand. Yeah. That was a that was a pretty impressive video. Yeah,
1: that, that, that did take it when you said, like, it's going to take a second. I was like, I don't... Right.
2: Oh. You're like, I don't see what's special about this. And then you go, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are pretty good. Maybe, maybe actually you should uh,
1: compile a quick list of, of videos referencing what we've just talked about, and then when
2: this link goes live, you, you can post those in. Done. I'm not going to wait until this link goes live. Well, you should because then it's... You know, no. See, the, f- content- the, the, the people in the Facebook group they get a free preview to the next episode. Oh, okay. Gotcha. The special people, right? right. The
1: VIP room. <laughs> That's right. Okay, cool. Well, Hey, Dan, good talking to you. I hope, yeah, I will, good talking to you. Paul, I hope I will actually always. see you soon. And I hope I that see you, everybody soon on the trip. cool. That would be totally cool. Uh, but, and so anyway, on the road, uh, I don't know with my travel schedule and whatnot, my busy travel schedule. I don't know if my people are going to be able to get me in a room. Um, so we're going to try and keep the, keep the podcasts up. I uh, may revert to some minisodes for a little bit. Uh, but in any case, we will talk to you all again very soon.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, Piranagear.com or shopping at Amazon through our link, KarateCafe.com Amazon, or donate at KarateCafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at Voiceovers at gmail.com. Or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.